Welcome to what totally isn't the absolute last ever edition of the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talked to Garth Pischke, legendary coach of the U of M Bison's men's volleyball team. But he's done. His career is over since the U Sports National Championship has been canceled. How does he feel now that it's all over? We'll also talk to Bison's quarterback, Des Catelier, who was getting ready for the Combines when they were canceled as well because of the coronavirus. And finally, we'll talk to Megan Rafferty, who runs a running club for girls called Run the World on the podcast. Tonight's show is supposed to be from the U Sports National Men's Volleyball Championship at Investors Group Athletic Center. I gack. But thanks to the coronavirus, that is not happening, which means an unceremonious end to the lengthy, legendary, near four-decade career of Bison's head coach, Garth Pischke. Coach the... Bisons to nine national titles, including winning in back-to-back years three different times over the years. And Garth joins us now on the Sea Juby Sports Show. Garth, it's been a weird last 24 hours for, for you and your team, hasn't it? It's been a weird last 24 hours for everybody in this world, I think. And, uh, you know, something uh, very different for all of us to uh, to accept. But, uh, you know, on a, on a personal note, uh, Obviously, uh, difficult to, to see this transpire and, and to see what it, what has happened to uh, not only our our athletes here at the University of Manitoba, but all those athletes that uh, that earned the right to be here this weekend to uh, vie for a national championship. How do you feel for the seniors? Well, I feel you know really really bad for the seniors and 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 there's other students too that you know maybe have competed for three or four years that have done their uh, their academic programming and uh, and that this will probably be the end of it for them and uh, and not give, having another chance to to be back. So uh, it's uh, it's tough for me because I I've been there so many times before and I know exactly how exciting it is how rewarding it is and what an, an awesome experience it is and uh, and to add to that for our players to be able to play at home in front of what we knew was going to be a packed crowd that uh, it really uh, is disappointing well there's been what months and months and months of anticipation I mean your whole season was played with the idea mm-hmm. that you, even if you didn't perform well in Canada West you'd still get that berth into the final eight and then mm-hmm. 24 hours before you're supposed to start, it's it's all over. That's what makes it so tough for our team, especially because they've known from uh, the first day of, of training camp that they were going to be here. So it's been in the back of their minds. It's been part of our preparation throughout the, the whole year. And uh, and that's uh, just just takes away that much more from them for sure. And, uh, and because their anticipation has been going on that much longer and their preparedness has been going on that much longer. So uh, uh, obviously a tough thing for, for the home team to, uh, to accept. But at the same time, does everyone understand why this was done? Oh, they, they totally understand. And, uh, and uh, you know, the players, as badly as they feel, you know, I, I know that they, they feel very badly for, for the administration here at the University of Manitoba and all the, all the efforts that they, they put in to, uh, to prepare for this championship. And, and uh, you know, I got to see firsthand all the work that was going into it and uh, no question in my mind that we were prepared to put on the best national championships ever. And, uh, and uh, 
you know, we've had history of doing that as far as running major championships and certainly major events in volleyball that have, have been very, very well supported by the, by the city and the, and the province. Uh, and uh, it's a, a city that's rich in volleyball and, uh, and uh, it's unfortunate for those fans as well, too. And now for you, this is how it all ends. Yeah, this this is it, and uh, you know that's that's the question for me: is this a, a bitter pill to swallow? And uh, in no way does this affect anything from from my standpoint. It's uh, other than uh, you know my deepest regrets for for the the athletes and in all of the programs and the coaches of of other teams that. Uh, you know that that made it here and prepared their teams to be here and uh, and not having the chance to uh, to play it out and see who the best team in the country is 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 tough for them because it's it's a long season and there's a lot of hard work that goes into it a lot of recruiting that goes into it and it's just uh, I feel so sorry for for all the programs uh, across the country but from your perspective I'm sure you wanted your career to end on the court well, I I always would, and uh, you know, but it's it's been it's been 43 years, and <laughs> you know, I've been through an awful lot in that time period. So uh, I really don't think it, it taints anything in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, uh, it was great to have the opportunity to possibly host in my final year, but uh, all along I, I was doing it for the team and for the players and and for the University of Manitoba to have that opportunity. And I, I just feel sad for for those people. So what are you going to miss most about coaching? Well, walking into the into the gym every day with uh, with the players. I mean, that's the exciting the exciting part of it for me, and the part that uh, I really loved. And uh, you know, there was there's a lot a lot other parts to coaching outside of the gym that uh, you know I got a little tired of of doing, and uh, and uh, that's why it's it's probably better to to get somebody else in here. But uh, never once did I did I walk in the gymnasium and in 43 years and not want to be there. It was, uh, always fun. What's next for you? I really don't know other than we'll, we'll see what's, what's going to happen in this world, I guess. And in the, in the world of sport. And, uh, uh, as far as my volleyball fix, my daughter plays on the, on the world tour beach volleyball tour. And, uh, I coach her team and, uh, we'll see where that, where that takes us. If, if that season, get started this summer or uh, if it's going to be uh, uh, delayed we'll, we'll we'll have to see so safe to assume then that even though you're retiring from the bison <clears throat> you'll never be too far from a volleyball court no not a not a chance uh, that would be tough to take away and it certainly uh, has absolutely nothing to do with why I'm retiring is to, to get away from the sport of volleyball it's it's been my life it's been my family's life it's been 100 percent great and uh and uh, the number of great memories are uh, are going to keep me going when i when i get into my rocking chair down the road but that's not for a while yet and uh, uh, i'm certainly going to enjoy uh the next chapter for sure and uh, to be able to do that with with my daughter will be outstanding there's no bucket list on retirement tour for you things that you want to do now that you're stepping away well, it's the, the the question that I kind of 
laugh at, you know, I'm retiring and, you know, what are you going to do now? Are you going to travel? And uh, I've pretty much been everywhere in the world a couple of times. So uh, that's not, not nothing there. I've, I've, you know, uh, the fun part about this was not just for me to coach the university team, but to give them experiences too. And we've been all over the United States and, uh, and seen all uh, a lot of the great attractions down there. Uh, we've been to every province in Canada and driven all over the place. And, uh, it's, uh, it's been very rewarding, not just, uh, not just in the gymnasium, but, uh, in the experiences that we've had and, and certainly the, the friendships that I've made over that time. Are you going to help pick your replacement? Uh, no, no, I have, uh, really will have nothing to do with that. And that's sort of a university policy as, uh, you know, they have their job to do and uh, anybody on their way out, uh, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't get involved in those things. And, and honestly, it would be a very tough situation for me as much as I would like to see, see who that person is going to be. Uh, you know, I, I hope you can appreciate that, uh, there's going to be a lot of great candidates, uh, applying for this job. There's going to be a, a lot of friends of mine or people that I know in the volleyball world applying for that job. And uh, and then when it's all said and done, only one's going to be happy and uh, quite a few are going to be disappointed and I don't want to be part of that equation. Fair enough, fair enough. But safe to say that you're going to be still cheering for the Bisons. Oh, no doubt about that. That, uh, that will never leave. And, uh, and uh, I think the program's in great shape. We've got a really good core of uh, second and third year guys that are are just going to get better and better and uh, I think it's going to be a, a great great program and very successful over the next couple of years. Well Garth I appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight congratulations on a long distinguished career again this is not I imagine how you thought it would come to an end but nonetheless uh, congrats again and thanks for your time. Uh, thank you very much and thank you for to you guys for your support over the years appreciate it. This, next, this whole day is going to feel silly because it's unusual, but every nothing's normal anymore. There is no normal. And it's fun to be abnormal, but it's also weird. Very weird that things aren't happening the way they're supposed to be happening. And this was supposed to be the time that many young athletes would be gearing up for the CFL regional and national combines, hoping to show off to CFL clubs ahead of the draft. But thanks to the coronavirus, that is obviously not happening. So... What now for those athletes? Well, let's talk to one of them. Des Catelier, quarterback for the Manitoba Bisons, Calgary native. Still has a year of school eligibility left after their season came to an end in crazy fashion against Calgary. If you don't remember, they went for two to win the game after a Hail Mary score, but the pass fell incomplete. Uh, Des, what have the last few days been like for you? Oh, they're like pretty disappointing. I mean, myself and uh, the other guys here, the four other guys, from University of Manitoba that are going to the Combine. Been putting in a lot of a lot of time over these last last few months and honestly years to, to, to have this opportunity. So pretty disappointing, but I think you just gotta look at the the grand scheme of things and understand that uh, safety's safety comes first. So it's you gotta put it in perspective. So what's next for you then? Um, still kind of, we're still figuring that out. I mean, I have one more year left here at, uh, with the Bison. So I'm still, the work doesn't go for nothing. I mean, still working toward the season here with the guys, but, um, as far as CFL draft and all that, I think like, as far as I know, they still hold the draft. So 
try and do whatever we can. Maybe send in some some film of us throw of myself throwing and and other guys catching and stuff like that. And try and do whatever we can to to boost draft, draft stock or anything like that. And I think we'll find out still more in the next couple of days about how that process will go. Talking to past teammates, have you gotten a sense of how much the combine really matters when it comes to the draft? I mean, yeah, I mean, I really, I talked to Jamel a little bit and Shy a little bit, and it, it does, like, a guy like Shy Ross, who went to the regional combine last year, who didn't have a big stock upon him going into the, going into the combine, goes to the combine and kills everything, all the drills, all the one-on-ones, gets invited to the national, kills it there, and then all of a sudden he's a, whatever, fifth, fourth, fifth round draft pick, so... It, it's a big thing for, I think, guys, especially going to the regional combines where you might be a little bit more unknown and then that's that's your time to to prove yourself, you know? And guys that are already going to the national, I mean, that's an important thing as well. I mean, you're trying to maintain what you got, but ultimately those guys are most likely going to get drafted anyways. So it's the guys for the regional combine that it really, really affects, in my opinion, because those are the guys that need that to to prove himself so if that doesn't happen then and you come back to your fifth year here with the manitoba bisons what is the biggest off-season priority for you to get better at um i mean i've taken things into mechanics for me has been big and i went to vancouver for the last month worked on my mechanics and and how i throw the ball and i think that's something that i like I, i pride myself in being able to mentally be there and, and read defenses and and watch film constantly and I still do that in the off season. And so I think the biggest thing for me was to not just not be missing any throws. So biggest thing for me is to, to the whole off season to continue to get better mechanically, hitting the field with my receivers, getting chemistry with my receivers and just being out there and being able to, to make all the throws in the field that I know I can make. Does the coronavirus situation change at all how you're able to work out in terms of group participation uh well our whole our whole strength and conditioning program has been uh canceled uh we can't do our group training i'm here i'm literally here at the gym right now at the on campus there's a couple of us here we're trying to get workouts in because we're not sure how long we'll be able to get workouts in so we don't we're trying to make the most of any opportunity that we have to to come to the gym but we're not certain on, on the future of, of how long we'll be able to, to use these facilities and, and use the gym. And, and in Winnipeg, it's hard to find field time. In general, you can't really go outside at this time of year. I mean, I'm sure once we get into the summer, we'll be able to hit the field and still be able to get our training in. But it's it's still pretty unknown at this point. I mean, we just found out yesterday about the combine. So it's just kind of we'll see where the snowball goes because it seems like it's just getting worse and worse by the day. Yeah, it, it, it this great uncertainty for sure. And does it affect your classes at all? Have they been altered? Well, for me personally, I, I was in all online classes. That's why I was able to go to Vancouver for a month. So I, it doesn't really affect my classes. I mean, I think maybe some of my exams might turn online. But I know a lot of the guys have been saying that their their classes have been moved online. So all the, all the in-class stuff has been moved to, to online stuff. So affecting a lot of the work that they've been doing. Do you feel for your fellow Bisons who are seniors on the volleyball team thought they'd get the national championship to play in and now they can't do that either? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 
that's devastating. I mean, a national championship, I'm sure those guys were, were working really hard towards that and everybody that was involved with that and that, that event. And I heard about the hockey event too, is the national championships was, was canceled. So, I mean, that's hard because I know the work we put in here to try and win a national championship, the national championships on your mind every day when you come in here to work out, when you come in to watch film, when you come in to do everything to practice, it's, that's what's on your mind. So when they have the opportunity to compete for that, I mean, and have that taken away, that's, that's super disappointing. I mean, I feel for those guys. Do you still think about that two point convert? <laughs> Every day. Every day. Has, it seriously has not left my mind. Um, that whole game, that whole situation, that was one of the craziest uh, football memories I'll have. And, and it, uh, man, yeah, I think about it every day, but it, I think it, uh, it drives me to keep going and, and understand that I still have another year. That, I mean, I feel for the guys on our team that that was their last play of football that they got to have. So that, I, I think about it like that and say, hey, I got another year to um, come back and, and make our statement again. Yeah, I've watched a lot of football in my life, and I watched that fourth quarter, and it was just absolutely nuts. Uh, but yeah, it's not to say you would have won the Vanier Cup had you made that play, but the team that you lost to did win the Vanier Cup. So were you able to to watch yeah. it and think, oh, man, that could have been us? Absolutely. I mean, um, a lot of us watched it together, watched the game together, and, man, we definitely feel like that we could have been in that opportunity with me. Nothing is a given. I mean, we would have to go out and earn every game. I mean, playing Sask in Sask to the Hardy Cup would have been a very hard game. McMaster in Montreal would have been you, – you would have had to play those games tough. But I think we understood that the team we had, we, that we were very, very capable of doing that. And we all feel that if we had made that two-point convert, we could have really, really went on a run. So it was, it was really tough watching them do that. But also, I think uh, a moment – for our team where we really felt like, Hey, like we, we can do this. Like we really all felt that, that we were that close to a national championship. So I feel like that's just like this whole off season. We've had every, everybody's been out. Everybody's been focused. Everybody knows what the goal is and, and everybody knows that we can get there. So I feel like it might be a moment that our team needed to, to kind of focus on, on, on what our goals are and understand where we are and that we can still achieve this. Like we have a lot of, talented guys coming back for next year so we we can get it we can get the job done and but it's got to be the little details that matter right so it's one one little play one little inch here and there that that separates you from national champion or a first round playoff exit right so we got to focus on making sure we get all the details down well does i appreciate you taking time to talk to me tonight uh good luck as you get through your training here and hopefully you can still use the gym while you can <laughs> thank you appreciate it running shall we and i remember last year on the show we had megan rafferty on uh, she organizes a running club for girls called run the world it's a club with a heavy focus on building self-esteem through activity so with spring seemingly around the corner you know the weather's changing but whatever i thought we talked to her again uh, megan just as a refresher what is run the world all about yeah run the world is a running program for girls age 9 to 12 uh, every week we go for a training one and work on increasing our speed and our distance. And then we come back together as a group and build community uh, by having a discussion about a topic that affects girls. Uh, some of those topics might be 
body image and having role models and building confidence. Um, and so we try to intertwine that with their training and make it a great program for girls. And how, how long has this been around? Uh, this was started in Winnipeg just over a year ago. Okay. And what has been the feedback you've heard on the program since you launched it? Yeah, it's been really great feedback uh, from parents and kids alike. You know, I have heard a few moms who have said, uh, I wish that something like this would have been around when I was a kid. You know, I think that that coaches and, and women are here looking back and thinking that things like this would have been so valuable and would have kind of given us a jump start in sport um, and made our sport experience pretty different. But girls are loving the program. They're excited to uh, come back and run outside again this spring. Um, so it's, it's been really great feedback. Any siblings as part of this, like pairs of sisters that might be joining? We're having uh, a couple of girls who now their their younger siblings are old enough to join. Um, and we're even hearing about some girls who are getting their moms into running. So it's becoming a bit of a family affair for sure. That's awesome. So is this just a, a spring thing then? Was it running during the winter or was that just n- no running in the winter? Yeah. So we move outside for spring, summer and fall and we... Uh, obviously uh, switch it up and run indoors at a track in the winter. Um, so we're expanding that programming this year, um, as well as moving out to Brandon and two other cities in Manitoba. So into the conversations that are had after the running, what are some of the things that you hear from the girls as part of this? Because I, I know, you know, when we think of teaching, it's there's adults talking to kids, but I'm sure a big part of this is getting the kids to talk about things too. Yeah, it's really interesting for me to get to know the girls when they are uh, setting their goals and hearing uh, their limitations that they put on themselves and then watching that grow in the eight-week program. So, you know, these girls... I see them um, being very small in their goal setting. So they say, you know, like maybe one day when I'm really good at running, I can run a 10 kilometer race. And it's like, I love to be able to kind of talk through that with them and say, you're already running 5k. This is like a dream you could achieve like this year and like dream bigger and, and think like, you know, to shoot for the stars. Um, because I think that girls really need encouragement to be able to uh, think a little bit outside of what they think is possible. Trying to help them with their ambitions and try to show them that they can have bigger, grander ambitions in life. Totally. And we know like that this sport involvement and and a program like this is going to build something that's totally, uh, you know, a lifelong skill. Research shows that um, 94% of female executives in upper management uh, took part in sport as a girl. And so, you know, we just see this, you know, I get to teach it in a, in a running program and, uh, 
then they get to apply this increased confidence in their life. And it really carries into everything going forward for them. In your experience in this year so far, have you seen that most of the girls come from a sports background or do you, or some of them, this is kind of their first time getting involved in something active? Uh, definitely. We see a little bit of both. Um, some girls who don't see themselves fitting in some other traditional sport programs or uh, perhaps co-ed sport programs um, that are more results oriented or competitive. Um, we see them um feeling more comfortable in taking part in Run the World. Um, And the program is designed uh, based on what research says that girls look for in a sport program that's more welcoming and and encouraging. Um, So, But then we see the other side. We see girls who are already racing, uh, perhaps with their school and taking part in track and field, and then they're coming to kind of get some additional coaching and training um, in a girl's atmosphere because I don't know that that's available anywhere else. Why does it feel good to run? Yeah, I mean, exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make us happy. So um, there's definitely that piece. Um, But I I also think um, running continually pushes you to achieve something that you didn't know was possible, whether that's like a longer distance or, um, you know, running for a longer time or running faster than you, you thought you would. I, I see it being such a confidence booster um, to kind of keep seeing what they didn't think that they would be able to do and, and to see that that's really possible. I'm noticing on your website uh, that registration includes supplies for an art installation. What's that about? Yeah, so every week, uh, based on our discussion, the girls will make a card to hang on their confidence banner. Um, and on the card is a little message based on the conversation. So uh, we might talk about confidence one day, and uh, they will take some time after the discussion um, to write a little message of positive self-talk that they want to remind themselves of when they maybe aren't feeling confident in a situation. So um, the, we share some ideas and then girls pick the one that works for them. And, you know, last year, one that comes to mind was um, a girl... Uh, wrote down a message to herself that was uh, tough times don't last, but tough people do. (laughs) So it's very sweet. And they write themselves a little message each week based on what we talked about. Awesome. So it's a eight week uh, schedule at St. Fatal Park. Uh, How much is registration and what do, what do people have to do if they want to look into this? You bet. So registration is $115. Uh, for more information and the link to register, you can go to corecoachingsc.com and click on Run the World. Uh, all the information is there. So that's C-O-R-E-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-S-C.com. All right. Thanks for your time again, Megan, and uh, good luck with this year. Thanks a lot, Christian. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I 
think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah.